What's going on guys? This is Jim Ferreira, editor and commentator for Elephant in the Room. And today, today is a little bit of an extended episode. I wanted to do this episode specifically so I can show people um, how good dialogue is supposed to be done and how you can have political dialogue without the hatred, without the name calling. So uh, thank you for tuning in to Elephant in the Room and I hope you enjoy. And my next guest, Sean, Dr. Callis Reed, old friend of mine. We go way back. Uh, we're also fraternal brothers. Um, I'd like to welcome him to the show. And here he is. Yes, sir. How you doing, brother? I'm doing fine, sir. And yourself? I'm good. I'm good. So uh, basically, Thanks. basically, we want to talk about uh, basically Trump and America right now as it stands and. Well, let's go ahead and dive into that. How do you feel right now about America? Sir, I kind of feel right now that America, we're, it's 2019, and we're, we have taken a lot of steps back okay. compared to where we could be today. I'm not only speaking of the isolated incidents that we see on social media. I'm not just referring to, you know, a lot of the the single issues that a lot of minorities go through. I'm just saying as a whole, we could be moving a lot further forward together versus what we're doing now. There's a big issue with the wall. There's a big issue with immigration. And I really feel like if we can just really come together, put everything else to the side, you know, your biases, your personal interests, we can fix all these problems together. Right. Yeah, no, I, I actually can agree with that. Um, and uh, something that I speak on a lot is I, I, I think that a lot of our differences is actually uh, perpetuated by the media. That's how I feel. But um, let's, let's talk about Trump right now. And basically, we have a lot of people who are more left leaning who would say that Trump is a racist. What are your thoughts on that? I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this out of love for everybody. I love my black people. I love my browns. I love my white people. I love everybody on this earth, whether I've met you or not. If you love me, I love you. You hate me, I love you too. I'm just going to say this about Trump, possibly being a racist. I don't really understand that narrative only because no one painted this man as a racist until he was elected president. Mm. I just, I never saw that. I've seen him in pictures with you know some black celebrities and he was doing other things with black people and i've never heard of him being a racist until he was actually elected president and when he would start running when he was running during his campaign i really wish he would have denounced a lot of the you know white supremacist activity that was going on as far as you know the kkk supports trump you know that we have we've seen those like that was on national television and social media right so like i really wish you know, if he would have denounced that, I think that could have helped his narrative a bit. However, I don't think he's a racist because of what they, people perceive him as and some of the things he say. I think he should, you know, stay away from Twitter. I think he should, you know, <laughs> really focus on other things versus social media and what people say and what people think about him. But I don't really see Trump as a racist. And I, I just don't see how. I may be missing something, but based off the research I've done and what I've seen, I don't really paint the man as a racist. 
I just I feel like he needs to listen to his advisors. I feel like he really needs to out social media and, you know, focus on making this free world a better place. Right. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, one of the things that I've been saying for the longest now is that Trump would be way more effective if he just stayed off of Twitter. But he just can't leave Absolutely. Twitter alone. He puts his foot in his mouth every single time he types with his fat ass fingers and it kills me. And it's it just like he he shoots his own party in the foot half the time when he says things. And it's just ridiculous. That part is essentially why we have to have certain rules and guidelines in place for men of power. And I mean, it's like you're you are a billionaire outside of being the president, but you're the forefront of this free world like you have it has to be some decorum and it has to be some kind of professionalism it's like i just put into i put this into perspective if let's just say if obama Mm -hmm. said and did everything trump did right now he would have been impeached so fast they would not have taken this long he would have been gone that's why i joke when i say you know trump is really the first black president you know, because some of the things he's doing and some of the things he's saying, that's how most black people are stereotyped. You know, oh, right. he's he's going to go ahead. here. He don't really know what he's talking about. Oh, he's going to go ahead and make a fool of himself. And he's going to be super aggressive. He's not going to have any etiquette or decorum. He's done that. And Bar- and if Barack Obama did that, it would, the narrative would have been completely different. So right. I, we're essentially, you know, on the same boat. But I really, really wish he would listen to his advisors. Oh, yeah, definitely. I I wish he would, too. I get it. The reason he doesn't sometimes. And that's because, really, he's uh, he's not actually a Republican. You know, he's not actually a conservative. He never has been. So I think a lot of times it's easy for him to go against the grain, even though people are advising him who have years of political experience and he's just not willing to listen. I understand that completely, and he wants to do things his own way, but this is a different ball game. You're not running Trump Towers. You're not running, you know, whatever business he has. This is a full country with people's, you know, livelihoods, and this is a real deal. So, I mean, we, we've got to put these rules in place for the next guy or for his reelection. Right. Speaking of reelection. uh what, what, what do you feel about the elections right now that's coming up? You know, we're going to have the 2020 elections and everybody's going to start campaigning really soon. Um, do you think right now, well, I can tell you from my opinion right now, I don't think, I think it's really right now in Trump's favor for 2020, just because the people that are forefronting the Democratic Party right now, they are not very high caliber high caliber personnel. These are people who have very bad track records and the Democrats are pushing them up front like they're their best option. Well, that's kind of, I kind of feel the same way about that. And I'm only going to say, it's kind of like when we were in the army, you know, we had a, a, a detail or something that had to get done. Right. If it was something that required your standout soldier, you sent the 300 PT stud, you know, 12-minute, <laughs> 2-mile, 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups. You sent that guy for the good stuff. Right. But you're going to send, like, 
you know, Joe Smo, who doesn't really show the formation on time. We've got a couple counselors. You're going to send him. That's what I kind of feel like the Democrats are doing right now. They're sending whoever they can just to fill the space, just to get, just to run against uh, President Trump. I, I do agree that's still in his favor. Um, I am not opposed to him, you know, being reelected, but we have to put some rules and guidelines in place for him. Like I said, he hasn't done such a bad job that, oh, we got to get him out of here. You know, it's, it's just some of the things he said and some and how he went about certain things. So that this this new race that we have for twenty twenty is it's looking it's looking like a a real crap show if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I have I have love for Kamala Harris. She's actually a part of the, you know, Divine Eye. I'm an Alpha, she's an AK. I fully support that. But just doing some research and some of the things that she's done in California, I'm like wow you know it's pretty mind-boggling and not opening and i'm like y'all are gonna push her to run right this is a a real deal right i mean yeah kamala harris has a lot of she did a lot of negative things to get to where she is now too and i think a lot of that's gonna fall back on her because if she if she ends up being one of the front runners for the democrat party um i think it's really gonna bite her in the ass when she when she has to actually debate because on the Republican side, they're not going to pull any punches just like the Democrats wouldn't on the Republicans. So the Republicans are going to drop your history. The fact that, you know, she slept with a mayor and that's how she got into two, her first two major political positions. She was sleeping wow. with a married man, a mayor, a very powerful Democrat in the state of California who helped her get to right. her first prominent position so i mean that's gonna bite her in the ass the fact that all of her policies are pretty socialist in in ideology is pretty socialist um and california is a reflection of that because all the politicians who come from california all think the same so i think i think kamala harris is going to be in trouble um if she actually does well she'll end up being in trouble when it comes to the primaries um the other the other person I was thinking here recently was Cory Booker. Uh, I honestly can't believe that Cory Booker is running for office because he is such an actor and a bad one. Have you have you seen Cory Booker actually ex- expand upon his thoughts? He's so dramatic. I have to actually take a look at. Uh, Senator Booker because I didn't read anything about him until the other day I was uh, doing some research on Fox and that's when I seen he could he's going to be a, a candidate for 2010 he's announcing his candidacy for 2020 uh, so I have to do a little bit more research into uh, Senator Booker however if I have to let me digress a little bit and go back to uh, Kamala Harris okay I don't feel that her sleeping with a married man should really damage her too much because we have a man in charge right now who paid a porn star hush money not to (laughs) say what they did and you know that's been pretty publicized it's like i can't just because he's a man and trust me i used to think like this too just because i'm a man i can do it and you can't you know but as i grew older i'm like okay I've done some things to move ahead in my military career, not my civilian career much so, but I've done things, we all have done things that, you know, we're not proud of to get ahead. However, you know, 
our president, our commander in chief, did that. But she did it for, you know, for career and personal gain. Right. So I can't necessarily throw rocks at her for doing something that's really actually a norm in our society. I mean, I hate to say it, <laughs> but we have rules in place to prevent things like that, but they just don't work because you you will never be able to take the human element out of things. Right. So quid pro quo is real. And if I'm a, if I have something, let's just say uh, the company I work for, if I have a, 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 a female president, Mm-hmm. Or a female CEO, and she says, "Hey, Sean, you know you do a really, really good job. This is promotion coming up, and you're you're a prime candidate for it. But I can sure you know you'll get it if you spend this amount of time with me. Right. As a man, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm going to do whatever I got to do to take care of my family, right? Right. I'm going to do whatever I got to do to attain that status and power, right? Right. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna do what I do, not and not think nothing about it, whether she's with someone." Uh, or not, you know, you did that for your family. Would I do it today? No, because, you know, we grow up, we make our mistakes when we're younger, and I'm happy in the space that I'm in. But we don't know what she was going through at that time. I mean, yeah, he or she may have been married, but we don't know what really happened. These are reports. Right. Well, here's this the other what thing, though. Here's, here's the other thing, though. This is, this is the reason why I, I think that it would backfire on her is – I completely agree with everything you just said, but the fact that society, the way society looks at a woman who sleeps her way into getting into something versus a man who sleeps his way into getting into something, it's, we, as a society, which I may not agree with it, you may not agree with it, but as a society, that is heavily frowned upon and is a stereotype for women. So, and I think the reason why it's going to hurt her the most is because she is going to pull the card the woman card when she's running for president because every a lot of Americans want to see a first woman president and she's double stacking because she could possibly be the first black woman president. Pressure. It's pressure. Pressure, pressure. bus pipes. Lots and lots of pressure there. <laughs> so, I mean... Right. Go ahead. Yeah, that's... No, that's I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, brother. I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's, that is... You are absolutely right. And that goes, like I said, that goes back to our societal norms of, you know how it is in the, in the army and as a civilian. Oh, you're a male. You slept with 20 girls. You're the man. Right. Oh, but you're a female and you slept with 20 guys. You're a slut. We don't, you'll never get married. No one's ever going to love you. Right. And that's sad <laughs> because I believe, you know, we still, I mean, that's a societal norm, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. Once, that gets brought up as it could be very damaging for her. I don't think it should be, but you know, who am I? But you're absolutely right. That's going to really, really put the pressure on with her being a black female and you're running for president. So you could be the first black female in charge of the free world. And if that's going to be a big deal, like I couldn't agree more with you on that one, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, and like I said, I agree with everything you said as well. And I just think society is going to play a bigger, a bigger uh, toll in when it comes to election day about how they feel about a woman who, who does that act. But uh, let's talk about, let's talk about, uh, I know you wanted to talk about Colin Kaepernick a little bit. 
Oh yeah, that's that's one of my favorite subjects, and I, I know this man has been out of the league for a while. He does not have a job. It's it's quarterbacks in the league who shouldn't even be starting for a team, and I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not going to say any names because I don't want to ever disrespect anyone's talent because it takes a lot to make it to the professional level. But I don't think people understand the severity of Colin Kaepernick not having a job because he decided to silently protest. I just want to put this out there for the listeners who's going to listen and who's listening. It's a really big deal for us as veterans to really understand why Colin Kaepernick did what he did. Now, I don't want to sound, you know, hateful when I say this, but if you're a civilian who's never served, this conversation isn't for you. This conversation is it's only for people who's waking up, you know, old dark 30 in the morning to serve their country day in and day out. You know, I'm talking to my brothers and sisters in arms that I've served with for 10 years mm-hmm. and had the pleasure of meeting us, which is how I met you. You know, right. we, we served together and we, we met in Korea. This is this part of the conversation is for us because I feel like I would take the opinion of a veteran's point of view on this more seriously than someone who has not lived the life that we live. Now, I'm saying that to say I've seen a lot of veterans say, I would shoot someone who disrespects my flag. Get that son of a bitch out of the country. You don't want to <laughs> be here because you want to kneel, blah, blah, blah. Right. And I really wish they would just think for a second before you speak because a lot of people sound so stupid when they don't think of why this man is doing what he's doing. For one, he only knelt out of respect for that, like out of respect for the flag. I mean, he's not disrespecting the flag. If he went to a Green Beret veteran and said, hey, I want to talk to you about how can I possibly protest the national anthem, because he wasn't disrespecting the flag or protesting the flag. Mm-hmm. That's where the narrative changed. The media got a hold of this. Right. No one else. The media got a hold of this and spun this narrative so bad, it made the world think that this man was disrespecting the flag. The flag. Right. He was not disrespecting the flag. He protested the anthem in which that flag supposed to be based upon. That's right. solely it. So when he talked, I forgot the veteran name, but he asked him, what should I do? And he's like, well, I kneel whenever, you know, we, we pay homage to a fallen comrade. You know, mm-hmm. we kneel. We kneel at with their dog tags, PC, their weapon, and their boots. Am I correct? Right. Absolutely we correct. Kneel. And that's the route that Colin Kaepernick took. He knelt in order to bring awareness to an issue in America that has been around since America has been around, systemic racism. And every time I'm on social media or every time I read something in the news, I see why he and other players continue to still kneel because things are not – this is not a level playing field for everybody in this country. Don't get me wrong. I love being an American. I love being in America, and I love being an American. However, it is not a level playing field out here. It's just not. Right. And that's what he's trying to that's what he's trying to bring awareness to. And it shows how, why does a, a black a young black man who has a cell phone in his hand have to be shot 20 times? But I've seen videos of a white guy coming attacking a cop with a knife and all he gets is bruised and battered a little bit, but he keeps his life. Dylan Roof goes into a church here in my home state of South Carolina, shoots and kills nine innocent black people in hopes of starting a race war. But they take him alive. 
They don't batter or bruise him. They actually they stopped him in the back King. of their car. Yeah, they put him in the back of the cop car with respect. They even stopped to get the man a burger because he said he was hungry. <laughs> but you know, that, and that's amazing to me. I'm like, that is baffling. <laughs> like, did you you just shot nine whole innocent people who had families who somebody loved them and cared for them, but you took them off of this earth for your own personal freaking agenda to start a race war, and now. We have to look at that as a black man. I have to look at that and say, that's a damn shame because in South Carolina, there was a man who took off running from the cops and the cops put nine in his back oh, and yeah. killed him. Yeah, I remember watching that video. That's, that's, that's why Colin Kaepernick and other athletes kneel. That's, that's the world that we live in. And it's sad that I go on social media and I see people like Sean Morris, who's one of my good battle buddies that's well, he's still in the military, and I'm not. He 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 understands now that I was able to educate him. This is why Colin Kaepernick kneels. I get it. You think they're a bunch of overpaid crybabies who make so much money that they should kneel on their own time? No, he should kneel right now because this is when it gets the most exposure. The only reason why I feel a lot of people like to make those comments is because it don't affect their community. I have a black son I got to raise, and I got black daughters I'm gonna have to raise that I have to raise as well, mm-hmm. and I have to let them know that. Your life ain't going to be fair to the people that uh, compared to the people you go to school with because of the color of your skin. The moment you look like you're about to get hostile, someone's going to put their hand on their weapon in fear of you getting hostile and attacking them. Right. That's that's not right. And that's why Colin Kaepernick kneels. Well, it's, yeah. Let, let me say this right quick. And I know a lot of conservatives aren't going to like what I'm about to say, um, but I'm a free thinker and I say what I want anyway. So, what I feel, and I think a lot of conservatives actually did what they were crying about, what liberals do, about the whole situation with Colin Kaepernick kneeling. You know, they made a big scene about it in the media, um, how liberals don't care about America and, you know, Black Lives Matter. Um, I think they did an injustice to the whole situation by feeding the media. And uh, with that, I would say, just like people are complaining that service members fought and lost their lives for that flag or what that flag represents or the national anthem, whatever you want to call the situation, you can make the same argument that soldiers fought and lost their lives to give you the right to be able to freely protest. So it really seemed very hypocritical to me when I watched so many conservative people say, you know, you're entitled to your opinion. If you want to say, get that son of a bitch off the field, that's your opinion. You may not agree with his protest. No one ever does agree with a protest. Now, I personally don't agree with how the protest was done. And I have a different reason of why I don't agree with it. The reason why I don't agree with it is because for the NFL... It's not so much about Colin Kaepernick. For the NFL, when the NFL took an issue with it because they were losing ratings, the NFL has the right to say, hey, you cannot protest here at work. The NFL has the right to do that. The NFL has the right to shut down. You have to follow our guidelines or we have the right to fire you because every action you take is representative of my company. 
because the NFL is a personally owned business. You can't go if you work at McDonald's, you can't protest at McDonald's as long as McDonald's isn't okay with it, then you have to stop. You know, that's the that's my only thing with with the whole kneeling situation. I didn't care when Colin Kaepernick was kneeling personally. I didn't care. I didn't like it. I didn't agree with it at the moment, but I also didn't care because that's his right as long as the NFL is allowing him to do so because he's using their platform to do that. That was just my view on the whole Colin Kaepernick situation. I I agree with what you just said because I'm not going to lie either. If I'm running a multi-billion dollar organization and you want to make a, a point on my time, okay, yes. I was wrong about that before because I was like, you know what, that should be the place to kneel. But you just brought a really good point to my mind that I I didn't think about before. You brought up the business aspect of it. Yes. And how am I going to continue to make money if you're damaging my reputation and my name? So I can stand corrected now and say I understand why some people were upset because, okay, it's not the time and the place because, you know, that's some that's people's livelihood. Right. And and that part, I get you completely open my eyes to that right now, and I want to say thank you for that. Press conferences, stuff like that, in the, or not even just going out of the – not even coming out on the field mm-hmm. during the national anthem would have worked for me. But during the, uh, during the press interview, I mean, you're Colin Kaepernick, you're going to get time. Right. Somebody's going to notice, hey, Colin, why didn't you come out during the national anthem? And that's – well, I'm protesting the national anthem. I don't want to go out there because I don't feel like that anthem represents everybody like it should. Right. And I would have went about it, based off of what you just told me, I would have went about it that way. And because that made more sense, that's what the NFL actually offered them. Don't uh, either stay in the locker room until it's over or it, and just come out, or don't just don't kneel. Stay in the locker room or come out and put your hand over your heart, but you got to stay. Like, that's fair. That's right. fair. I understand that. Yeah, I and- do. And, yeah, and that, and that just opened my eyes to that. So I will say uh, I appreciate that for you, for you giving me that perspective because I didn't know that before. Yes, sir. And and um, some of the people, like, actually on my social media, a guy named Derek Allgaier, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take shots at him. I mean, <laughs> I felt a certain type of way. I'm, I'm just being real. You know, I felt a certain type of way when I would see a bunch of people on his page agreeing with the bullshit he was saying. Say, oh yeah, we agree. If you don't want to uh, respect America, get out. I'm like, Derek, all guys, you're a whole service member right now. You <laughs> was in Patriot for some years, got out because you didn't like it. Then you, I guess, loved it so much that you came back into the army. Now you got to beef with some guy who's exercising his right to do what he wants to do that you protect him to do, but you got a problem with how he's doing it. Get the fuck out of here. You can't do that. <laughs> Right. I don't know if you're not that smart, or I don't know if you if if you just don't understand what you're saying. I get it. There's nothing wrong with being a patriot. But when you raised your right hand the first time and again to protect the freedoms and rights of the people that live here, you don't have a say in how they do what they do. Right. You don't. You go out there, either you protect the skies or you get in your, your uh your tank or whatever it is you're doing now and you do what you're told. That's how that works. And I understand people may have a problem with me saying what I'm saying, 
but I'm just going to be real about it. And I call names because I've had these debates with people, and I, I'm going to say your name. That's just who I am. But right. that's the, those are the type of conversations I've had with people. And I kind of felt dumb after the fact of having these conversations because I'm like, did I just think my intelligence to, to say this to somebody who should know this already? Or at least <laughs> to not put it on social media? So I, I I don't know, man. This this is crazy. But I, Colin Kaepernick should he have a job in the NFL right now? Yes. Um, I don't think he should have been blackballed for protesting. I would have just I would have fined him a bunch of money to where that he wouldn't have wanted to have protest again. But that's that's where I stand on that, man. That's I really I'm really really glad that you were like, hey, Colin Kaepernick. You want to talk about that? That's a very near subject. Right. To me, because it affects people that look like you and me. Right. No, no, I totally you know agree. Um, and I like the way the way I viewed the whole situation, especially after the media got involved, was I already know that the media is about to blow this out of proportion on both sides. Absolutely. On both sides. I already knew it. And they did. And they were successful in making it making the movement huger they're making it way bigger to people that weren't even people who were against the protest started joining into the protest right there were people who were protesting and didn't know why they were protesting (laughs) that that situation split the country up more than they claim trump did just to let you know yeah oh yeah definitely it did definitely it did but hey let's move on right quick we got we got one more topic i want to uh jump on with you right quick and that's the wall and immigration i i really i really want to know because i'm not sure if you know my my stance on the wall of course i'm pro wall. I, I want a wall i'm pro wall i'm pro border security and i know that walls are effective they work in every country that utilizes them even ones that we've built in other countries they work successfully they work on our southern border um and I have a very big problem with illegal immigration personally, because when illegal immigrants come to America, they're not going to Hollywood. They're going to my black communities. They're taking black jobs. They're not taking white people's jobs. They're taking black jobs. They're, they're buying property in black communities. They're opening businesses in black communities. So that's why I personally have a beef with illegal immigration. I think it affects the black community a lot more then it affects any other community. So when I hear about uh, white Americans being up in arms about illegal immigration, I'm like, you have no clue. Like, I think more black people should be screaming from the rooftops that there needs to be a standard and it needs to be upheld. We have the standard already, but we don't have politicians upholding it. And that's my thought on illegal immigration right now. Okay. Okay. I, I will say this. Um, I respect your stance and your view on that because once again, you, you've notified me of something that either I overlooked or I just didn't think about, but I'm not for the wall only because when I think of this wall, I think of, possible 
I think I think of a possible divide, not with just the American people, but with people in general. I don't like illegal immigration myself, but it's like I find myself asking, what are black jobs? It's like, what is I know when, you know, these guys, these guys and women and children come over from Mexico. I know that they're taking jobs that a lot of black people nor white people would even take. Mm. And they're making the money that they can to send back to their families in Mexico where there's violence every day. It's, I mean, Juarez, for, uh, well, I was stationed in Fort Bliss, Juarez was basically uh, oh, yeah. Chicago for 10, 12 years because of the cartel wars. They're oh, fighting yeah. on territory. Oh, I remember. So I can understand. Yeah, absolutely. So I understand people wanting to get away from that life so they can want better for their families, their children, and their grandchildren. However, yes, I do agree, hey, let's come across the right way. Let's mm-hmm. get legit social security numbers. Let's become uh, real citizens. You know, let's let's do this the right way. Let's pay taxes because I, I I will agree with you that getting it done the right way is the most important because it really made me mad as a taxpaying citizen. Mm-hmm. It really really made me upset when I go to the grocery store and you know I see someone load up their buggy with four or five hundred dollars worth of food mm-hmm. and they don't pay for it with their money. They pull out their EBT card and pay with it with with that money, which is essentially my money. Right, and I'm getting taxed. It's- but I'll spend my fifty bucks or whatever on my meal for the day, and when I go outside, I see you hopping a 2018 Escalade. That's a problem for me because a lot of the and this happened with the illegal immigrants. I've seen a lot of them abuse the system. Don't get me wrong; I've seen white, black, all type of people abuse the system. Right. That's why I feel like, hey, if you're going to come over here, do it the right way. So, because America is a melting pot of every person, but I just don't feel like coming in, I don't feel like there's illegal immigration on stolen land anyway. That's where I really want to get with this. If you want to come over, just follow the the lands of the, the law of the land and come in the right way. So you're paying taxes and everybody can benefit from it. Not just from people like me who works, uh, people like us. Like we work and we get, I look at my check and say, dang, <laughs> why are they taking so much from me? I'm like, I know. Like, why? Every and time. I, and it bothers me. You know, that's, that pisses me off. Uh, my first paycheck as a teenager, like, who the hell is FICA? I'm like, wow. <laughs> and so, you know, then I started understanding why all these taxes are coming out. So I'm not pro wall, I'm just pro accountability. If you're going to come over here, do it the right way. If we find out that you're not who you say you are, we got to send you back. Now, I get it. Walls do work in some countries, but it's not going to stop these guys from digging a tunnel or simply coming around and vote. Well, see, that's how I want. Well, this is this is the way. This is the the thing that I like to to uh, counter on that is because a lot of times um, I hear from a lot of people who say that they don't want a wall, um, and that pretty much your stance that you know they're for legal immigration, they're not for illegal immigration, but they're not for a wall or a barrier. Um, my whole thought behind that, though, is what do you do then to stop the people? Because we have the technology. We have the men. We have the vehicles, the roving vehicles. We have we have drones. We All the things that Democrats are now proposing, we already have. And my thought is we look what happened with Israel, where we basically funded their wall 
and immigration has fallen by 99.9%. That 0.01% of illegal immigration that Israel receives at this point, that is from tunnels. So a lot of times people, from what I've heard so far, a lot of people say, well, a wall is ineffective because people will just dig tunnels. Well, tunnels are destroyed almost as quickly as they're found. So there's not really, there's not a mass amount of people who are using tunnel systems that we can't figure it out. They dig tunnels. I'm sure some people get through, it gets destroyed. Somebody comes back and digs another tunnel. There's people who are caught in the act of digging tunnels. Right. So a lot of the times that's not even successful. So okay. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm okay with shutting, you know, people digging tunnels, they can dig tunnels all they want. That's a very, very small amount of illegal immigration. Now, the one thing that we would have to worry about is people coming by boat because people can yeah. easily come in from the water side in Florida or California, or even if they decided to be sneaky and go even farther north, they can come into Oregon or something, you know? So I I think with the, with the wall situation, I know a lot of people look at it from a moral standpoint, I guess, where they say, you know, we don't want to feel divided from the rest of the world. But I believe, this is my personal belief, that, and I am a nationalist in this thought process, that the American people's interest is more important than how the rest of the world feels about us because it doesn't to me it doesn't matter what the rest of the world feels about us because we already support the rest of the world. Absolutely. We build walls in other countries but we can't build one here at home. And we have the biggest illegal immigration problem in the world. The only the only countries that are close to us are the UK right now because they've had so much of an influx of Middle Eastern people coming into their country. I get what you're saying. I I really do. But my my position, I, I normally stand firm in this position because of what's been said by our uh, chief, uh -huh. our commander-in-chief. We want to build a wall to keep the terrorists out. Right. But I, I've seen isolated uh, situations where an illegal immigrant has committed a crime, but when it comes to the actual terrorists, you know, people doing like terrorist acts, mm -hmm. I believe I said this to you one day in a, in a meme or something, We those people are here. <laughs> and those are a lot of, you know, Caucasian males who's taken out those acts on minority people or just people in general. The ma the majority was uh, it's about 50-50, you know, with the Dylan Roofs, uh, you know, and, the you know, the uh, Vegas shooters. Like, one was completely about race. One was just to do something crazy. I mean, we have those issues already inside the wall if they if they decide to build this wall. We have that issue in here. So mm -hmm. you can't say you want to build the wall to keep terrorists out. They're already living here, and they live amongst us. We just don't know who they are. Well, we know who they are. You just got to go online and look at look at these groups. <clears throat> Why did they dismantle the Black Panthers, but the KKK is still alive or well and mm -hmm. flourishing, having rallies, and free to do so? Mm -hmm. Those are terrorists. That is a terrorist organization. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are. Domestic that, terrorist organization. That will be inside of our wall that we haven't dismantled. But we can go to Afghanistan and Iraq and tear apart ISIS and, you know, all those other, other organizations. But we have the problem here. Mm -hmm. That's that's why I'm not understanding. 
And I, I am for uh, the government forcing the KKK to dismantle, to dismantle because they are a domestic terrorist group. They are a domestic terrorist organization that specifically terrorizes people of color. So I, I don't believe that the same way the government decided to step in to shut down the Black Panther Party, I think they should do the same thing with the KKK. There should be no organized Klansmen. That's my personal belief. Um, but Absolutely. at the same time, I, I think I think we were in a different time period when they shut down the Black Panther. There was it was very racially motivated. The the Black Panther movement being shut down is obvious, is blatant, it's American history. It's very obvious that it was a, a racial motive behind shutting down the Black Panthers. Um but I think as for today, it's a little bit harder for the government to do that because that would be requiring the government to step in and shut down people's freedom of speech, um, their beliefs. And we, we can't allow that, really. Um, I mean, I wish during the time period when they did that, they did equally to the Black Panthers that they did to the KKK or did nothing at all and allowed them both to exercise their free thought, their free thought. But my thing is, if you're right. going to, if you're going to attack one, you got to attack the other. It, it's blatantly obvious during the time period that America felt a certain way about the Black Panther movement because it was led by black people and followed by black people and funded by black people and supported by black people. <clears throat> black Wall Street. Oh, I'm Black sorry. Wall Street. I, I, I coughed a little bit. I, I, I'm sorry, I coughed a little bit there, but I, I didn't. I didn't want to spend that, and I, I didn't mean to spend that to us getting into the Ku Klux Klan and the the Black Panther Party. But I'm glad it went there. I was just basically saying, you can't say you want to build a wall to keep the terrorists out when they're already here. Right. So if you want to spend that, or you want to say another reason why we need the wall. Just be real. I would use that. Everything that you just said about Israel. Look, we funded walls over here. It worked. We want to fund it here to help with our immigration problem. Not so, you know, these Mexicans can come over here and rape and pillage our, our great, also great country. No, that's, don't say that. <laughs> like, you need to, you're the president, bro. Like, well, say, say it in an educated way. Look, it's working in other countries that we fund. We need to do it here. Right. So let's go ahead and make it happen. Well, I got one more thing to say on that real quick, though, is President Trump is very he's a very direct person. So when he says some things, I don't think he always thinks before he talks. And a lot of times he puts his foot in his mouth when he says something. The way it came off, I can perfectly understand to a lot of American people how it came off as all Mexican immigrants that come over are bad people. I don't believe, honestly, that was the intent. And I think the reason why when you talked about, you know, the rapists and the killers and stuff like that, it's a very big issue. And uh, I believe I covered in and I believe my first episode. Um, it's a problem when illegal immigrants come over, they make up about 7% of the United States population currently, right? Um, and about 35 Four of that 7% are people who never get in trouble. They just came here illegally. 
And that's, right. just, that's just digits based off of what we know. So that just means that half of illegal immigrants that come here will commit a crime. And right now in America, 22% of our murders are done by illegal immigrants. So when you have 22% of murders and only 3.5% of America is the ones causing that murder, that's a problem. So I think I think Donald Trump should have addressed it better. I think but I think he came out wanting to be very stern about the situation and explaining what it is. And I think uh I think if CNN, MSNBC, if they would have covered illegal immigration properly instead of covering it so biased, so blatantly biased. Yeah, let's not even give CNN any kind of recognition. It's like, I, <laughs> they, they do so much to tear that man apart. It's not even fair, man. It's, and I, that's CNN, though. I, I hate watching any really big news outlet like that, but what choice do we have, man? Right. But you're right. They should have covered everything better, which they did not. No, they lied blatantly. They said... Illegal immigrants are less likely to commit crimes than American-born citizens. Well, the DHS, uh, they keep records of illegal immigrants that come into the country. And then, of course, our judicial system keeps records of people who commit crimes. So we already know the numbers. It's just a Google search away. So why would, you know, these big left-leaning organizations all spread the same exact lie and it's obvious is political bias you're right uh, <clears throat> bro we're living in an era right now where the truth doesn't even matter because the lie is more entertaining That's and right. it's sad it's just truly sad i know we got to close up here yes, and I, just, I definitely want to say thank you for uh having me on your show um i really really appreciate you reaching out and us coming out with this. I mean, we got to do this again. Absolutely, um, we, yes. we are in agreement on a lot of things that, that I see, and there are some things that we don't agree with, which is fine. But I hope when people listen to this that they understand it's okay to disagree with different points of views, but it's not okay to disrespect one another or not like or, you know, shed bad light on someone because of those views. Right. I know I said names in this interview, I still got love for them, but I'm going to call people out on the things that they say, and I'm going to check you. I'm going to check, make sure you, when you come back, make sure you come with it. Right. I'm not going to find you and I don't have my stuff together. That's just not going to happen. But it's all out of love. It's not out of disrespect. It's because we have that right to disagree. But let's disagree and come together and make it better. Thank you. I wish America would do that right now. I wish more Americans would do that when they have their political uh, debates and disputes. Um, this is a prime example of how a political dialogue is supposed to take place. There was no name calling. There was weren't calling each other racist, weren't calling each other Nazis. There was none of that. It was just two men who respect each other who have different opinions about situations. And there was many opinions that we found that we shared. So I just wish... I actually learned something today. <laughs> I, I did. I learned a few things about it. Like, oh, wow. That makes more sense as well. And, and that's what it's... Like you said, man, look, that is what it's all about. And we, we got to do this again sometime, man. Definitely going to, you know, spread this word. I'm going to share it on all my social media outlets. We need to have these conversations, and these conversations need to be heard. Elephant in the room, got to tune in more often. 
get it, tell your mom, your dads, your sisters, your uncles. Everybody has a, a smartphone. Everybody has a social media outlet. Listen to this station. It's good for your mind. It's good for your soul. And it's good for progression. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You have any shout outs before you go? Oh, man, I do. I, I got to give God the glory and praise for everything. I, without God, no one is here to do what we need to do. And I, I just appreciate all the opportunities that we have by his grace. Definitely want to give a shout out to my lady, all my children, and hey, all my alphas out there. 06, that's how we do it. Love all the D9, love all the Freemasons. Yes, sir. Sean, Dr. Callis Reed, y'all. Thank you, thank you. I'll All right, guys, so you know I have to close out with the impact of illegal immigration currently in America. So right now, just for today alone, America has spent $468,390,000 on illegal immigration just for today. So far for the year of 2019, that of what we know of, there has been 17,438 illegal immigrants to cross into America. The total cost for the year so far. Now, this is just month two now. We're, we're entering into month two. $24 billion. That's how much, you know, no, no, no. $24.7 billion. That's how much we've spent just this year alone, fiscal year 2019, we're entering the second month and we've already spent damn near $25 billion on illegal immigration. And so far, total illegal aliens in the U.S. that we know of currently, 25,775,658 illegal immigrants that are currently in our country. These estimates are provided by the Center of Immigration Studies, Department of Homeland Security, uh, Federation for American Immigration Reform, Institute for Defense Analysis, Yale, and MIT. All right, guys, I got to I got to give love to everybody who tuned in for this episode of Elephant in the Room. I greatly appreciate it. Um, and I also got to give a, a shout out to Sean Dr. Callis Reed for coming on and that respectful dialogue that we just had, um, it was really, is really great and is really rare in today in today's society right now um, that people are very respectful when they're talking politics because that's one of those areas that a lot of people don't feel comfortable getting into. Um, but if you want to follow me on social media, Facebook, Jim Ferreira ninety one. That's Jim. F-E-R-R-E-I-R-A-9-1. Or you can follow me on Instagram, Jim underscore Ferreira90. Twitter, Jim Ferreira90. Or you can go to my website, elephantintheroomtalk.net. Subscribe. All right, guys. Much love. Elephant in the Room. Jim Ferreira out.